Episode 7. Farewell is no goodbye. Having reached his goal of walking the Camino del Norte to Santiago de Compostela, the meaner man keeps walking to Finisterra, or the end of the world, just like the old pilgrims, and then returns to Santiago to say his final farewells. Day 33. Santiago de Compostela to Necriera. 21 kilometres. Like a lot of previous days, I got on the road early. It was raining lightly, and as I left a sleeping town for the trek to Finisterra, I was troubled. Why? I was always going to walk to Finisterra, to the world's end, and on my own, just as I had started this journey. I started to cry. As I walked, I told myself it was okay. I was okay. I was okay about being on my own as I was okay. That old self-doubt about not being any good, about not inherently being any good at all in anything I ever did, bubbled up. Some habits died hard, but hey, I was okay. I'm an okay sort of guy and I met a lot of people who thought I was okay and I'm okay about walking this last Camino on my own. For some reason, I thought of my mother who had passed away back in 2005 and kept walking. There were no big surprises on the road that day. I stopped for breakfast at a cafe with a number of other pilgrims and got a coffee and a bocadillo with chorizo and queso. And the rain wasn't so bad. I had to stop at the first town to get tape for my foot as I was still preventatively taping my problem blister areas and to purchase a towel after realising I'd left my small, quick, dry towel hanging in the albergue that morning. It had been hanging behind me on the wall as I put my shoes on. I just didn't turn around and grab it as I left. There were more people on the road to Finisterra than I thought because people were actually walking back from Finisterra. Or they were doing the loop, Santiago to Muxia to Finisterra and back to Santiago. I hadn't expected that. But this section was different for me. No one seemed to stop and talk or want to walk and talk with me. Anyway, as I left the town and travelled back into the countryside, the rain got heavier and heavier. I needed to take cover. I'd seen this type of rain before at the beginning of my journey and when I saw a sign pointing to an albergue, the Alto dal Penna, up a path to my left, I took it and checked in. I hadn't travelled as far as I'd wanted to that day, but it was stupid to continue walking in this heavy rain, especially when I was already soaked through. The albergue was okay. It had a bar and offered a large menu del dia for dinner. And finally, at dinner that night, there were people who wanted to talk. And the best people at dinner that night, the people who talked and joked with me and enjoyed my company, the Germans, great people. The guys in my room that night were not so nice. I had seen some of them on the road that day, but they weren't up for talking or including me in anything and didn't speak English. Well, not to me. I secretly cursed them the next morning when I wanted to lie in bed a little longer because when they got up, they just turned the lights on. It was as if I wasn't there. Day 34. Negriera to Fe. 51 kilometres. This was to be a long day, a long 
long day. I thought it was going to be 42 kilometres, a marathon. But on reflection, it was longer than a marathon. I wanted to get to Thay to leave my last day as a short walking day so I could get back to Santiago in the afternoon. It was okay for walking, overcast and slightly cool. I had breakfast at the albergue and then later found this cute little albergue and bar, Monte Aro, for lunch. I was happy in my thoughts. I continued walking on my own through this dairy farming area, occasionally being passed by a peregrino. I came to the Twin Marcus, left the Finisterra, right to Muscia. I was tempted to go right and see more of Spain, and I had been told that the entrance to Finisterra from Muscia was beautiful. But I was on a mission to finish and to see my friends back in Santiago. The people I had met were important to me. Who knows when I would ever see them again. So I went left and pressed on through the forest and over the hills and not meeting anyone at all. I got the idea that people were dividing their journey into smaller legs or at least arriving in Finisterre on the evening of their third day. It was a large gap of countryside to walk with no places to stop, no one to see. So I was relieved when I got to the descent into Thay. I could see the coast. I danced down the slope as it was a de steep descent and found an albergue in town, the Albergue a Casa de da Fonte, run by former pilgrims. It was a little alternative, a little hippie, a little vegetarian and a little sweet and nice. After a shower, I left my clothes to be washed and dried. Thank you. And I went for a walk and a beer. I came back and met two Australians, but I only remember Len. He was retired. He had worked long and hard and called it as he saw it, he said. And as a result, he was passed over in the promotion race. But it kept his integrity. And yet he was telling me about being passed over. It must have hurt. I would meet him the next day, but he wouldn't remember me. And there was another group of people at the albergue, funny, on holiday from work, walking for a week and having a good time. Sir Germans! A different set of Sir Germans to the previous night. They invited me to join them for a drink. Perhaps my reputation as the crazy Australian had gotten around Germany. We were the last people to bed that night and there was no beer left in the albergue fridge. Day 35, Thay to Finisterre, 18 kilometres. Now, this was my last day of serious walking, and I was exhausted as I set out for Finisterre. The previous day of mind over matter and pushing on to Thay was having its effects on my weary body. I had chosen to make this a short walking day to allow time to get back to Santiago and meet Sophie from Canada and Lydia from Slovenia. I had a little something to eat as I left, but I was sustained by how marvellous it was once you got out of the little coastal town and continued the walk along the coast. On the approach to Finisterre, you walk along a wide beach into town. The sun was sparkling across the water. It was magical. I thought about stopping and having breakfast, but I continued. As I reached Finisterra and trudged through town and looked up towards the lighthouse in the distance, I was grateful for my decision to make it a short walking day. Keep going was all I could think. Keep going up the slope. Keep going till you get... And there it was. The last marker. Zero point zero 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 kilometres. I'd done it. 
There was a young Japanese man standing there. Ah, excuse me, please, you take my photo? Thank you. I take your photo? Thank you. I pressed on a little further to the lighthouse and down to the point where a number of people were sitting. It was calm, peaceful, serene. Mark, my younger brother, had asked me to think of him when I got there. I did. Nothing happened. What did I expect? What did he expect? I sat for a while and watched people. There were no big whoops of joy, no one burning any clothes as they used to do. Just quiet and contemplation. Except for the guy trying to sell CDs on the path, next to the guy selling bracelets, next to the guy selling... Should I buy something at the official shop? No. It was all as touristy and kitten and kitschy as the stuff for sale in Santiago. Oh, except for the T-shirt I bought for Violette that I had wanted to buy for myself. But when I learned it only came in women's sizes and shapes, then it was a definite gift for her. It was shaped for a woman's body, green in colour, laurel, I think, with a circle of different yellow-coloured hand-drawn arrows on the front. As I soaked up the atmosphere at the lighthouse, my thoughts gradually drifted back to how I was going to get back down the hill into town and a bus to Santiago. I turned and put one foot in front of the other and made it back into Finisterre faster than I thought and into the tourist information centre. I got my credential stamped and asked for information about the buses. Uh, you don't want the certificate? No. I just want some information about the bus, please. The credential is my certificate. The woman at the tourist information centre seemed happy about this and told me about the bus terminal and times. We chatted a little more before I headed off to the bus stop. I missed the last morning bus, so with time on my hands, I got my hair cut, my beard trimmed and found something to eat. I feasted. I felt so much better. I waited and caught the bus back into Santiago, found somewhere cheap as I stayed in the last stamp, and headed into the square to meet Sophie from Canada and Lydia from Slovenia. They were delayed as they were getting matching tattoos celebrating their completion of the Camino. It was fantastic to see them. We hugged, found a bar and had a beer, and I got Brendan's email address from Lydia from Slovenia. Hello, Stephen. Delighted to hear from you. I was wondering what happened to you. And we said our goodbyes. Sophie from Canada was continuing to Portugal, and I'm not sure where Lydia from Slovenia was travelling. After that, I just wandered alone for a while, even going into the cathedral to light a candle as my younger brother had asked me to do. Nothing happened. Visiting the casket of St James in the crypt. Nothing happened. And finally walking back to the albergue, where nothing happened. Day 36, Santiago. Today, I was meeting Alan. We had been in contact via WhatsApp. I hear you might be in Santiago tomorrow. I bumped into the woman we had dinner with at Laredo who has been travelling with you. Let me know and we should have several drinks. Uh, which woman? The tall German girl? Yes, I will be in Santiago tomorrow. I have not booked anything so far. Okay, we will drink beer, white and tinto wine. I didn't know what time he would be arriving, just that he would be here today. I was excited. 
to be finally catching up to, with him and to apologise personally for my lapse into old habits. What to do? Well, hang out in the square in front of the cathedral. Arriving with Marlin and re-arriving to meet Sophie from Canada and Lydia from Slovenia, I felt I hadn't really experienced the arrival process of pilgrims. Mine was very emotional. And as I sat in the square and watched other people arrive, I could see that for many it was a different kind of emotion. A joyous occasion. More happiness than relief or tears or whatever it was I was feeling that day. A sense that it was over, perhaps. A sense of... Anyway, there were, there were mountain bikers proudly thrusting their bikes to the air and standing for a photograph. Young people were lying on the pavement stones and snapping images from between their weary feet of the cathedral. A large group of women entered the square in matching shirts, formed a wide circle, gave thanks and celebrated. And then they sang. They sang. These angelic harmonies wafted through the air. I stood at the opposite side of the square to the cathedral and took it all in. It was amazing. The people, the men, the women, the Polish women. Oh, yes, there they were, just a few metres in front of me. I wanted to be the crazy Australian and surprise them from behind, but I decided not to. I let them enjoy their moment. Until they turned and noticed me. I smiled, they smiled, we embraced and we talked. Which was surprising as the brunette never spoke much to me before. But she did now. I should remember their names but I don't. Actually, I really don't think they told me. I couldn't help ask. So, if I come to Poland, can I come visit you? They smiled and laughed and the blonde one said... There are very many good places to visit in Poland. Around the sides. Do not come to the centre. <laughs> she smiled and they laughed. I laughed. We posed for a photo together, hugged and said goodbye. Now what to do? Well, the man hadn't arrived, so I thought it's best to head back to the Alberghe and wait. I headed out of the square and back through the narrow streets and before I knew it, there he was. Alan hadn't seen me. He was taking in the sights, taking in the moment. Hey, Steve! Alan! We were together again. It was fantastic. We hugged. I accompanied him into the square and... Then I just sat down to let Alan experience it on his own. This was his moment, his entrance, and the end to his Camino. Wow. Wow. It seemed like half an hour had passed when he came back to find me. By the way, Alan, where's your pack? Uh, dumped it in an albergue on the way in. Where? On your left as you walk through town. What did it look like? It was blue and yellow. What was it called? I don't remember. Something like uh, Stella. Alain, I think we're staying at the same albergue. 
Albergue Estrella? No, yes. Which bed did you get? Uh, you walk in past the desk and you turn left, yes. And then it is the first group of beds on your right. Which bed did you get? The bottom left? Alan, I'm on the top right. I could have had the bottom right. Who would have thought? We met people Alan had walked with, a couple from Russia. Even the tall German woman from Laredo was there. And we went out for dinner that night by ourselves. Alan wrangled a special drink for us when he saw people at another table drinking a local liqueur. And somewhere in all of this, I found a moment to apologise for lapsing into my old habits. And we made plans to meet in either Paris or Brittany. We went back to the square just to see the cathedral at night. It was impressive, almost enchanted the way it was lit. There was a musician playing in the cloister just before the plaza where Marlin had to walk sideways down the steps. Alain danced with a woman. I sang along to the song. We were happy. Day 37. Leaving Santiago. Alan was leaving for the Lisbon Sardine Festival in Portugal just after lunchtime and I was leaving for Granada via Porto and Madrid much later. We were both catching buses. How do you say goodbye to someone who has been a big part of your life over the previous month? Well, we left our bags at the Albergue and wandered about Santiago revisiting the plaza in front of the cathedral, parks and bars and the markets and a few more bars I remember walking into a bar to use the bathroom and getting harangued by the owner on the way out. Toilets are only for customers. And we gradually filled in our day, picked up our packs and walked to the bus station. We drank our last beer together and I promised again to visit Alain in France. I waved goodbye as he walked downstairs to the bus. I was alone. I had started this wonderful adventure alone and I was ending it alone. And I was okay did it. And I was about to start another adventure. One where I would go where I wanted. I would do what I wanted and there was nobody to blame but myself. And in that moment, I was okay. I had no worries. I was happy. I could smile again. Camino man, Camino man, does whatever Camino can. Camino man, Camino man, Camino man! After Santiago, I travelled to the south of Spain, to places like Granada, Cordova and Barcelona. I went to Paris, London, Dublin, Belfast, Glasgow, Edinburgh, to my friends! Paul and Vonnie in Kelso, to Newcastle, Newcastle, back to London and to Rennes in Brittany. And I visited Mont Saint-Michel. Oh, and then amongst all of that, I did visit Daniel in Oldenburg in Germany and met his wonderful family. Only I didn't stay in the basement, I stayed in the penthouse. I say penthouse, it was the attic. I'm still in touch with Marlon. And I did visit Violette in Belgium and base myself with her for about two weeks, during which time I visited Brussels many times and hung out with her in St. Troiden and went to Luxembourg City and Liège. And... We went to the Tour de France. The Tour de France. I, I, I travelled to 
Dijon and Bonn in the Burgundy winemaking district and I even caught an overnight bus to Lyon in the south of France and met Violette's mum. And I did change my flight home to spend time with Alain and his wonderful wife Brigitte in Duadnene in Brittany. It was a short visit as I had to see Violette one last time to say a final goodbye before I took that long plane trip to Milan Down Under, where this crazy Australian lives, and where I can still work as a high school teacher if I want to, but I don't. Where I still make mistakes, but it's okay. Where I can still smile even if it threatens some people. Where that part of me that trusted everyone and believed there was good in everyone still trusts and still believes even though Jesus still walks the streets of Mayfield and buys groceries occasionally at Woolworths, I'm okay. I can smile. Never surrender.